Jade Software presents Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. So welcome back everybody to the Beta and Beyond Podcast. This is your host, Michael Howard. Today we're talking about speed to market, something not necessarily associated with software development, until recently that is. And you may be wondering what's changed? DevOps. Today, we're going to be picking the brains of one of our technical leads, Sarge Arachalaje to get his insights into DevOps methodologies and maturity. So welcome, Sarge. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good, thank you. So to make sure we have the same understanding, what is DevOps? Good question. Traditionally, the DevOps has been that really bringing the development teams and the operations teams together. So it used to be two functions back in the day. Developers write software, manage services or operations, help them to run the software in production. But with the technology transformation, it has almost become one thing. And it's about bringing those two disciplines or two teams together and working together. But I think the concept has evolved a lot. And now it's a cultural moment for me. So it's a culture of collaborating and working with the people around you. And it's a delivery process by itself. Like you got agile and it's a sort of a cutting edge, more agile way of delivering software and working together as a team. All together, it's a set of tools, processes, technology, and most importantly, the thing which applies for people just to create a high-performing culture. So why has DevOps become so necessary for teams to be able to build and maintain their competitive advantage? Yeah, look, in modern days, any modern business would look for three things from my point of view. One is speed to market. So essentially, it's important for you to actually compete with in the, in the market itself. And the resiliency aspect, especially with the recent things and the lessons we have learned in the world, resiliency is really, really important. The other part is the business agility because change is the only constant coming along. So in order to actually achieve all these three, what's underpinning is high-performing teams, which is actually derived from DevOps and the DevOps principles. So that's why it has a really direct impact into the business competitiveness and how you compete in the market with the DevOps principle itself creating really a material impact when it comes to the competitive advantage. Mm. So is it just something that is just for IT teams itself or is it something more? It's not necessarily something for the IT teams. Like some of these lean principles actually started with Toyota and back in the day, right? It started with manufacturing. So there's organizations I know who actually use these principles outside technology with the business itself as well. But predominantly, it has become a technology thing because technology has embraced that, you know, created their own flavor on it. But that's that's not a limit itself. Yeah, sure. So um, those sounded like fairly obvious reasons before uh, for moving to a DevOps approach. Considering those, how many organizations are you hearing about or seeing in the market who have begun their DevOps journey? Yeah, we try to get insights from the market all the time, right? And we talk to our customers as well as our partners. And I think I think it's not necessarily the shiny thing anymore. Like everything, everyone has started sort of embracing it and it's pretty much has become a norm. But I think what we can see in the market is it's not necessarily a big challenge if you've got a team of four or five people, but it is a challenge when it comes to the scale or the scale you're trying to run if it's a business. We've got a team over 10 or more than 10 people 
that certainly it's a sort of a challenge which is coming along mm. when it comes to scaling your business. And that's and then the other main parts, I guess, around that is the real challenge is really articulating the value of DevOps back to the business folks and saying this is why we should do it and here's how do you measure it. That's where most people are struggling, not necessarily just understanding the value of DevOps from a technology point of view. Mm. Yeah, okay. So um, sounds like there are some that have high and low levels of maturity uh, with their DevOps organization. So like, what scale do you use to con- um, to compare those um, that are high and low? Yeah, I think my usual definition is you the best two things to look at is cost of change and cost of running. So essentially, if you look at cost of running, that means once your software is actually developed or any application is developed, what's the cost for you to actually keep the lights on and maintain it? So with things like cloud technology, if you're using cloud first with modern technologies, that cost of running gets really minimum. And then the cost of change means if you or anyone in your business got a new idea and you want to try that in the market, right? These days, the best way to try it is actually running it with the end user and, you know, running an experiment with the end users in production. So to do that, how much it actually costs you, that's a good measurement to use because if you got the right level of maturity, you should be able to ship software faster. That's a good way to measure it. And just thinking about um, the differences between um, a high and a uh, low maturity uh, sort of organization in terms of DevOps, um, what would each of those look like? Yeah, I think if you look at a low maturity end of the spectrum, I think the best it, the best way to look at it is like if you're shipping your software not so frequently you're doing yearly releases so somewhere like that plus whenever you try to do a release to production you come with whole heap of problems in production as production issues or if it's actual if you're having issues in production itself and it takes you longer to restore your software in production that's those are like symptoms of low mature teams and how they work and when it comes to high performance you can see that actually they're not scared of production. They could push software frequently. They're confident they can, they got the system and the plumbing and the technology behind it to have that level of agility to push software to production faster. And mm-hmm. comes with the level of confidence as well. You get less issues in production. And if on a worst case scenario, they can restore the production and have that resiliency aspect built into them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So um, if, if we think about how frequently a high matured DevOps organization is compared to a low, like how often can you release uh, enhancements or features? So it, I think the opportunities are endless in that space. You'll see like your top four, your Netflix, your Googles and so forth can actually release something to a subset of the production user set and actually do that testing in production itself. Mm-hmm. You would just push a feature to... I don't know, a certain part of the demographic, say people between 20 to 30, this is the colors I want to show, here's the feature I want to try. And you try that and take the learning and then expand that solution. So there's techniques like that people follow when it comes to high maturity. So it starts from day to, you know, weekly, and mostly it's probably around weekly as an average, I guess, mm. but the opportunities in that space is endless. Yeah, okay. Are you seeing some organizations that may operate in more regulated environments being less um, sort of open to to DevOps methodologies or um, or are they sort of more open to it because of the advantages it offers? 
I think it certainly has changed. So essentially, to start with, if I rewind five years or so ago, I feel like they were just just a bit scared to jump on it or jump on the curve because because of the regulatory environment and the nature and the sensitivity of the data. They thought that's not quite their cup of the tea. But I think with the culture at the moment now, they're realizing actually that's providing that streamlining the governance around it as well with something like this. It's really helping them. And they're sort of slowly adapting, I guess, but still it got its own constraints with, you know, data maturities and legacy systems and so forth. So you can't really compare a sort of a regulatory environment with a gaming industry or something like that, because the industry itself is, you know, going on their own, their own, their own journey. Mm, yeah, sure. So um, talking about journeys then, uh, what does a typical journey look like from a low maturity to a high maturity? Yeah, I think the key thing there is it's not something you can do and see the results tomorrow. It takes time purely because it's a cultural change. It takes time for people to actually learn and, you know, start preaching that culture or learning that culture. I call it the safety culture because it's a culture of actually not being afraid to fail. So you, it's okay to fail in certain scenarios as long as you get that learning and you fail in a lower environment. It takes time. However, the best way to do that is certainly to try with a smaller subset or a catalyst itself and get these learnings and then really iterate and iterate. Mm, good advice. Uh, to, what are some of the main reasons holding organizations back from becoming truly agile through DevOps methodologies? I think like all the other things as well, one of the key things is a siloed structure. So most enterprises used to tend to run on silos and whether it's a business line, whether it's a competency or a practice, it's all run in a silo, but not necessarily you look at holistic level. So DevOps is all about being collaborative and bringing the business, bringing the marketing, bringing the sales and bringing the technology together. That sort of a culture takes time and it's an organizational transformation as well. That's one thing. I think the other thing is that leadership itself, it, it, you really need to have the right thought leadership upfront to actually not scared to jump and certainly try things. So that I've seen that it's, it's pretty hard to find. And then lastly, I guess, skill gap itself in the market, like it's, it's really hard to find good engineers, engineering talent or people think this way because it's a paradigm shift and it's hard to find people who work in this fashion. Mm. Yeah, okay. So um, how have you seen some of the um, companies that you've worked with overcome those constraints? I think it's certainly starting small. So essentially looking at a smaller subset or a smaller team and try to really create that learning culture where you can show the value of why does, why should we do this thing? What sort of a change would it actually create? And really rolling up your sleeves and doing that once. And that all of a sudden then creates that sort of a dominoes effect where it can start showing the rest of the business and the business starts learning. So that's been successful in most of the places we have seen it. Yeah, okay. Um, what's your advice for an executive who is either considering a move to or doubling down on their investment into DevOps ways of working? Yeah, I think three things. One is pick your battles and out just pick your horizons and say it's a journey you have to go along. So just be ready. It's not something you can finish in a month or two months. So just like any other good things, I guess if you pick your horizon one, two, three, and what you want to do in these horizons, 
and have a clear sort of a goal on where you want to. And then the next thing is pick a catalyst. So you pick a team who's really hungry for this thing or a business unit or a technology, and then try the methodology which would really help you for you to learn as well as the organization to learn and get the learnings out of that catalyst. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is, yeah, don't be afraid to fail. It's all about the safety culture. It's all about, hey, let's fail and learn and do it better and get better at it. So start believing in yourself and just just take the leap of faith. Mm. So just, just thinking on that last point, then, like, what are some of your sort of learnings from failures that you've had in the space? Yeah, so the biggest challenge as I've seen is we can talk all these things, but essentially this project landscapes and this projects people run and you have to sometimes work with a very tight timeline to do these kind of things. It's not as fancy as we think and talk through on a real environment. So when it comes to those environments, you really have to control certain things and create controlled environments. You can try certain creative things like this while you manage your stakeholders on a more of an enterprise level with your project mindset on a, I'll give you an example. Once I had to do something on a really waterfall type of project, like it was already set up and the project is going on a waterfall fashion and DevOps is the last thing they would want to do, yeah. But there are ways you can actually do it because it's a culture, as I said, you could start small, you could actually start creating that thing and really manage the stakeholders around it if you really want to do it. Mm. No, that's good advice. So, um, did you have anything, any final t- thoughts or insights on on DevOps and in your experience with organisations out there? I guess yeah, it's always keep your eyes open and you know just believe in your teams because the main thing for me is we always get very intelligent people, who's intelligent than me in most cases, mm-hmm. who's really good engineers and let them actually do their thing, and that's why we actually hire them for. So if you believe in on them and then actually create that culture around them and the and the ring fence around them or the guardrails around them, they will show the magic. It's just a matter of really creating and nurturing that team setup. Look, that just about does it for us. So thanks for joining us on the show, Sarge. Uh, it's going to be really interesting getting some more detail around this methodology in future episodes. So thanks very much. No worries, Michael. Nice chatting to you. And you too. Well, thanks for being on the show with us today. Looking forward to our next episode of Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. So until then, we'll see you soon.